Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 7. Then the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple to the most holy place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. Look at verse 11. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, For all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. And the Levites who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Haman and Jedithan, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals and stringed instruments and harps, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised God, saying, For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. That the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with the cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Say amen at the reading of God's word. Amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. I'm in the uncomfortable position of being appropriate. It's rare that I'm appropriate. Most of the holidays get by me before I realize they're there and I preach on whatever I want to preach on. But today is Pentecost Sunday and today I'm laying again the foundation of the Pentecostal worship that you experience here at the Buford Church of God. I'm excited about this theological defense of our worship style because it is in keeping with what happened last week. I have noticed over the last few months that the people who were joining our church are saying something very similar. There seems to be a sense of urgency to get here. That the people who are coming to the Buford Church of God have an attitude of desperation because they're looking for something that they couldn't find somewhere else. They say, you know, there's something going on at the Buford Church of God that's different than where I've been going to church. People have asked me over and over, how is it that your church can grow when you're surrounded by so many mega churches? And I tell them, because if you want what we have, we're it. We don't compete with anybody. There are great churches all around us. But if you want what, what we have, We're not like anybody else. I've looked at little purpose statements that churches put on their walls and they could basically swap them around and they would work perfect everywhere. There's purpose statements, vision statements, mission statements. I'm not sure what the difference is in all of those, but they could sell them to Chick-fil-A or Kirkland's or 
the local fitness company because they seem to all fit in together about trying to reach people, make them feel comfortable and accepted and build fellowship. In this church, we build our theology on 2 Chronicles chapter 5. We assemble because we want him to show up. We're glad you're here. We work hard to make things right for you. We want to sing good and we want to be appropriate. We want to welcome you and, and host you and we do the best we can. But at the end of the day, remember this. You are not the honored guest because having church without God is meaningless to those of us of the Buford Church of God. But if the Lord be in the house, everything's going to be all right. Better is one day in the courts of God than a thousand at a great church without God. I know God's not invited to a lot of churches. I, I know the Holy Ghost is an interruption to a lot of fellowship. But here at the Buford Church, of God. He's the only reason that we come into the place of worship because we know that if God shows up, he can heal our bodies. He can touch our minds. He can save me right in time because God's power is real. We believe in the doctrine of suddenly. We believe in process and programs and we do the best we can to help you find your place. But our high faith is that we know that God can fix you in the moment of your faith meeting his miracle working power. Let me give you an example. I know for a fact that somebody can walk into a church stone cold drunk, but when they come down to the altar of God, he can sober them up and push the taste of alcohol right out of their life. I know for a fact that you can walk in with cancer and you can leave healed. I know God can cast a devil out of your life and out of your children. He can fix your family. He can fix your business. He can fix your body in the name of Jesus. If God is in the house, everything's going to be all right. We come to the house of God to see the glory of God move. I build this church on 2 Chronicles chapter 5. I rest assured that this is the purpose of our church. Pastor, who are you going to try and get to church? Are you going to get the young people? going to get the old people? Are you going to try and get those who've been divorced or not divorced or those that are on this side of perfection or multicultural, multiracial? What do you want to do? Who are you trying to reach? The Holy Ghost. Because I found one thing to be true. If the Holy Ghost is here, people don't care about color. If the Holy Ghost is here, they don't care how much money you have or how educated you are. They don't care where you're from because we're here because something's wrong with us. We're here because we can't even walk without holding on to his hand. But thanks be unto God, he honors his promise. Honors his promise. You know what they had to do before the fire could fall is they had to put the Ark of the Covenant in the holy place. I'm tired of the Ark of the Covenant in the modern church being in unholy places. I think it's high time that the church come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. You've been so busy trying to get God to wear flip-flops and tattoos and change his hairstyle and buy your car, make sure you get a new house and blend in with the culture and look good on television and make sure your social media is just right to make you some sort of local celebrity to the cause of Christ. I bind that spirit of vanity in the name of Jesus. We don't take the Ark of the Covenant and put it in the unholy places of our lives. We take the Ark of the Covenant to the holy place of God. We put him in the right place because God... God doesn't come home with you until you build his home for him. 
The Ark of the Covenant's got to be in the holy place. And the Bible took meticulous time to describe the Ark of the Covenant, that the cherubim leaned over the Ark. These images of angels, gold, wings almost touching. They only worshiped God through a glass darkly. They didn't know what they were doing when they made those images. But we know that those images were a symbol of what John the Revelator said when he may have been blind, but he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he saw God high and lifted up, and he said that the angels were all around the throne with their wings spread, crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. When you praise God in the sanctuary, you're not inventing praise. You're joining praise. You're joining with the angels who cry right now on the other side, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come we praise him today as a matter of fact the angels were leaning over what we call listen to me the mercy seat the mercy seat was the place where God was to abide no image was on the mercy seat they weren't to worship a graven image it was just a place for his presence to dwell as a matter of fact historians tell us that there are records of them going into battle and the enemy observing a blue light sitting on top of the Ark of the Covenant so that even amongst the enemies of God in the Old Testament, God became known as the God that dwells between the cherubim. You and I know that the cherubim are not confined as the only people who can praise God. We now know that those cherubim represented praise so that now we can actually say more accurately the God that dwells between the praise. See, God doesn't come down to you. He comes down between you. Literally, what Jesus said is, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I come down between you. You can't get God in isolated rebellion. You can't have God when you're not under authority. You can't experience the manifest presence of the Lord when you're not walking in the unity of the believer. But when you come into the house of God and I represent one angel and I lift my hands in the sanctuary and I start to say the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever, you represent the other angel. If your hands go up when mine go up and you start to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that is in me, I I bless his holy name. He's a good God. He's a big God. He's been kind to me. And somebody shouts hallelujah. And we start to say praise the Lord. What you and I are doing is we're creating a mercy seat. Because we believe something different than many churches. We believe that there's more to him than omnipresence. There's a lot of churches that believe in omnipresence. He's everywhere at the same time. But we're Pentecostals. We're still singing that song that was written by a person who claimed to be a Christian when you two penned these words. He said, I'm writing a song for a spiritual heart or a, a restless heart on a spiritual journey. And the title of the song is, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Well, that's Pentecostals. You can baptize us every Tuesday. We're still not finished. Talk to me, church. You see, you go to a lot of churches, you get, you get saved, you get baptized, you get the name on the membership roll, and then you get your name in the graveyard. 
You just sit there bored and, and, and witless your entire faith because you got it all when you got saved. Nothing else I need in life beyond what I received in my salvation. That's not what we teach here. We teach that morning by morning, new mercies we see. We believe that from everlasting to everlasting, God's revelation is beyond our ability. I wake up every day chasing God. There's got to be more. There has to be more faith. There has to be more anointing. I know I've witnessed miracles, but I haven't seen my last miracle. I haven't witnessed my last altar call. I haven't shouted my last time. I haven't danced my last dance. I'm going to be in the house of God because I still have not found what I'm looking for. Still chasing God. Haven't wrapped this thing up. I'm not relenting. I'm not resigning. I'm not walking away. Buford Church of God exists because we agree with the Apostle Paul. I don't have everything I want. I haven't apprehended everything I should apprehend. I don't understand all that I should understand. But this one thing I do, I forget everything that's behind me and I chase what is before me and I pursue the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You are surrounded right now by a host of believers who are chasing God for the manifest presence of the Lord. And maybe you're happy. Maybe you don't need God. Maybe you're so healthy in your own stuff opinion that you shouldn't be interfered with and I comprehend some of that I assume I've been married long enough to know that that I should be tuned up from time to time but when I come to the house of God I like all of these services that I've been in I remember growing up and feeling the power of God move at the Gainesville Church of God I remember being filled with the Spirit in the altars of the Gainesville Church of God. I, I remember feeling the Lord move at youth camp. As I was growing up, I'd, I'd be in the altar calls of youth camp and I'd just sit there and bask in the glory of the Lord. Experiencing His power and His manifestation. Going to altar call after altar call. One of the executive committee members, I won't name them by name, but he actually said about me when he saw me at North Cleveland, and he said, I guess Joey Grizzle is just going to go to every church in the country and just weep in their altars. Little did I know God was preparing me to pastor a great church where we would assemble for the high purpose of experiencing the manifest power of Almighty God. Last week I told you that the Buford Church of God is meticulously anointed by the Spirit of God to reach the lost generation of Pentecostal children. And we have children's ministries and youth ministries and student ministries that cannot be rivaled. But today I remind you that the reason we come to the house of God is because we believe that when our praise goes up, His glory comes down. We know in our hearts that when we magnify and glorify His name, something is different. Let me talk to those of you who are distinctly Pentecostal. You know the difference in a church service that talks about God and a church service where God starts talking to us. You know the difference when you're in church and then all of a sudden he moves into the house and you can sense that the God of the scripture is walking through the place and you reach up by faith and grab the hem of his garment. Somebody talk to me in the place. I, I want to talk to somebody who doesn't just go to church. You know what it means to have church. You know what it is to pray until you do pray. Sing until you do sing. Shout until the glory comes down. Praise God until mountains are moved and walls 
walls fall down around your feet. I'm in the house of God today. Filled the whole house. Then he said, God's house. Somebody shout, this is God's house. It's not your house, my house, their house, government house, politics house, sports house. No, sir. We are in this house because it's God's house. So we cry out, come down, oh God, come down, come down. And then the Spirit of God led the writer of Second Chronicles to do something very incredible. He meticulously described the choir. Someone asked me, they said, what is your church like? A very famous pastor in South Georgia, Benny Tate. He said, tell me about your church. And I said, well, we're classical Pentecostals in a contemporary kind of way. He said, you're going to have to tell me what you mean by that. I said, well, we sing and we have all the programs. We are very contemporary in that regard, but, but we, uh, we still have choir, altar calls, and preach against drinking. Which means we ain't scared of you. <laughs> Bring your stuff in here. We offend everybody. <laughs> We believe that God is the honored guest in the house. We have a choir. Now, it's not quite the choir it's going to be. COVID knocked the stuffings out of a lot of our ministries. We're taking it easy. Everything's coming back together. We try and pace ourselves according to the wisdom of our own heart and things that we have to go through in life. And we're putting our choir on good, solid footing. But we still have a choir. We will always have a choir as long as I'm here. We're going to have a choir for a lot of reasons, but the main reason that we're going to have a choir is because the first time God poured out His Spirit in manifestation was when the choir was singing. And I am a Holy Ghost junkie. I always have this, this feeling. It's going to be today. I wake up every day. My wife can tell you, let's go, let's go, let's go. Today's the day. I can feel it. Go to bed every night. going to be tomorrow. I know it's going to be tomorrow. Every day I have this expectation that God is going to move. Power going to be real. I have a choir because God likes choirs. When we get to heaven, first thing we're going to do is join a choir. Bible says we're going to sing a new song. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Talk about God's goodness and His grace. I have a choir because I want God to move. God likes choirs. Building a church for God. And if God wants to come here, I want Him to have the kind of church He's looking for. So if you like choirs, you get a choir. You want me to dance? I'll dance. You want me to shout? I'll shout. You want to preach loud, soft, quiet, violin, guitar, drums, whatever you need. If it's in the Word of God, we're going to give it to you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is in me. Bless His holy name. Just don't pass us by. Buford Church of God is desperate for you, God. We, we need you to come down. We, we need your presence in the house. We can't even walk without holding on to your hand. If you're not going to be with us, what are we doing? here church doesn't matter if you don't show up but if you show up everything's beautiful everything's all right so oh god come down oh god come down come down i stood on the roof of this church and preached at that middle service and it meant something while i was out there you know i'm preaching in the most beautiful city in georgia we are arguably the most beautiful and best city in the state of georgia it's without argument 
Uh, there, there's so many times we have proven over and over that this community is different. We're in the most beautiful city, and Georgia is the most beautiful state in the United States. It's, it's the number one place to live. And, and you have the coast, you have the mountains, you've got a beautiful city. We have the best of the best in the beautiful state of Georgia. And, and the, United, in the United States is the best nation on the planet. Bar none. There's nobody compares to the United States. God planted this great nation so that we could send out missionaries, and that's exactly what we do. It's the best nation in the best state in the best city. This is the best church. <laughs> best church right here. You, re you realize right now, <laughs> you are strategically located in the greatest expression of God's power on earth. They're not quite buying all of this that I'm trying to pitch to them, Dad. But I believe with all of my heart, I'm strategically located to take over the devil's kingdom right here from Buford. I believe there's not a better place to be, not a better place to live, and not a better church to be in than right now. So I went ahead and got dressed up. I've got my Sunday clothes on. I'm already in the house of God that glorifies his name. I might as well go ahead and let go of my intimidation and have me some church before I leave. I might as well lift up the name of God without any shame or intimidation and magnify his name. I'm going to march into the presence of God knowing I can enter his gates with thanksgiving. I can enter his courts with praise. I can say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my portion. God is on my side. Hallelujah. Ready, ready, ready for church. Pastor Bob, I, I, um, I admire what you do, and I admire it more because of what I've read in the Scripture. Let's talk about this choir. This choir was assembled in perfection. They had meticulously worked on this choir. Josephus, that great historian, he actually says that Solomon made 200,000 linen robes for this choir so that each of them would have a change of garments just in case it becomes soiled. They had meticulous garments they were to wear. They were to stand in very specific places. It wasn't just one choir. You see... Solomon's father, David, created a tabernacle of praise. And he commanded that they worship God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He hired 24 worship leaders. He obligated those 24 worship leaders to train and develop a band, songwriters, and singers so that they could sing and glorify God in shifts at the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let me give you just a bit of a commercial for your church. When this service is over with, we'll walk through this sanctuary. I have staff that are obligated to turn the music on before they leave. So that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we play music in the sanctuary just in case God needs a place to sit. Just in case somebody drives by and needs to feel the manifest power of Almighty God. I believe they can be driving by this sanctuary and feel the glory of the Lord. 
We leave the music playing. We leave a light on for you, God. We, we took these cabinets right here and we put these lights along the walls of the sanctuary. These stained glass windows testify of the goodness of God. And we play music when nobody's here. Because the greatest this church performs is not when we're here. Sometimes it's when it's just God and a couple of people who experience His presence. But all when we come in as a fellowship, it explodes into this experience of 2 Chronicles chapter 5. But this choir, constructed by David decades earlier, obligated to sing 24 hours a day, 7 days a week in shifts, was composed of 24 individual choirs. I cannot imagine trying to get 24 choir directors to show up on time for anything. Can you, Pastor Bob? You've been working with musicians your entire life. You're a very punctual guy, but you know the business. Can you imagine getting 24 choir directors underneath one leader to bring all of their staff, all of their choirs, all of their musicians? 24. Each choir had approximately 150 to 200 people in their authority. Which means on the day of Solomon's temple dedication, there could have been four to 5,000 people singing in that choir. They had to practice five years from age 25 to 30 just to join the choir. Five years they had to practice. Then they had to practice just to be part of the coronation event that Solomon put together. They had to wear specific robes. They had to be bathed. They had to be prepared. Their whole family had to be dedicated to this idea of singing and worshiping God. They were professional musicians, highly technical, highly trained. They had grand authority in their families to instruct on how to write songs, how to amplify those songs. They strategically located themselves to maximize the, the auditory response to what they were about to perform. They had assembled with the greatest manifestation of musical ability perhaps in the history of earth maybe even since that time we haven't even come close 5,000 voices instruments fashioned by Solomon's court linen robes 120 priests were given trumpets professional trumpeteers standing on one side of the altar to lift their trumpets to magnify God. 5,000 voices finding their places. The whole horizon is covered by millions of Hebrews rescued by the power of God, bathed in His authority, representing or representing the law that had been handed down to them. And Asaph, the leader, the whole place falls quiet. The Bible says they had practiced for years. Trumpeters, singers, and when he lifted his hands, and the Bible says when the trumpeters, 120, and the singers became as one, 
reminding us of what it says in Acts chapter 2, that when 120 were assembled together in the upper room, that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and cloven tongues of fire sat down on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. We come to the house of God to get on one note, to magnify God's name, to sing about the goodness of the Lord. And when we all get in one mind and in one accord, all of a sudden the cloud of God's glory can fill the tabernacle of our praise from the front to the back. We can sense a moving and a powerful unction of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Ghost. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever from everlasting to everlasting. They could hear the echo of David. For the Lord is good. Come magnify the Lord with me. Let us call on his name and worship him together. Let you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I bless your house today. I ask God to come down, oh Lord. Let your power be manifest as we glorify and magnify God. Somebody tell me how good God is. Somebody tell me how big God is. Somebody tell Tell me how he rescued you and put your family back together again. Somebody brag on God how I once was lost, but now I found I once was blind, but now I see. I praise you, God. I magnify. Stand with me all over the house and lift your voices with me. I need a Holy Ghost rumble in this place right now. Hallelujah. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. His power is from everlasting to everlasting. We assemble at the Buford Church of God and we sing like we sing because it's how God describes it in His Word. We have a choir full of voices and we animate because we know that's how God moved. If it took 120 in the Old Testament of trumpets if it took 120 in the upper room that I'd like to have a choir of 120 one day where we can spread out all over the stage that's why downstairs right now I'm teaching your children how to sing that's why on Wednesday night we teach your babies how to worship in the youth group that's why we're training up an army of believers because one day we're going to assemble in this place and we're going to sound our trumpets. We're going to play our instruments. God's glory is going to come down. But before the service is over, we're going to hear a trumpet from the other side. And God's going to strike up a band like you've never heard in your life. And in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. But until then, we're going to bring heaven down. We're going we're gonna to have church until we have church. We're going to shout until we shout. We're going to sing until we sing. Because God's power is real in this place. Lift your voices with me and help me praise God. Lord, we... Come on, church. Magnify his name. Take that praise to another level right now in the name of Jesus. Come down, oh God. Come down, oh God. Let your power be revealed among us, Heavenly Father. We need you, God. We need your glory. We need your power. Hallelujah. I bless you. I ask that you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night.
I pray that God give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. I ask him to give you the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Peace that surpasses understanding. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I pray that he would overwhelm your life. Girls, listen to me. This is true for all of us, but I sense that one of you needs to hear this. At night when you're asleep, he sings over you. Your father stands over your bed singing favor over your life. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.